I guess we can talk about The Bachelorette now because Chris Plant like broke the seal on our video game website. Oh, we probably shouldn't. I don't think I want. I mean, to deal if with by that breaking the again. seal you mean like the Pandora's box seal, where like shit went down. <laughs> <laughs> it's it would be like if everybody hated what was inside Pandora's box instead of like being full of like mystical energies. No, it was I'm just pretty like sure a, everyone sort of hated everything in there. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> like that in in myth, it they cracked that box like open, and they said, "Let me receive your power." And they're like, "Wait a minute, this I don't like this." Right. There's no power in here. Right. It was like face melting stuff in there. Right. I was expecting power. No. And it's not what you got. It was actually full of like old milk. and I know the best game of the month. My name is Chris Plant, and I know the best game of the month. My name is Russ Frushing, and I know the guest, best game uh, Fuck. <laughs> Did you, like, trip over yourself? Did you I was going to say shoes? month, like a robotic <laughs> month, but it and, just didn't work out. <laughs> and I'm Justin. Hey, Justin, how's it going? Good. Justin's not here, everybody. Um, this is the besties... Where we take a... Uh, it's so hard doing what he does. He has the it, hardest job in show business. These are the besties. It's where we take a look at... Uh, et s- Sports, uh, video games. Oh, uh, no, you saved that one for last. Oh, sport. Yeah. Uh, well, the besties where we take a good hard look at sports, music, music reporting, music editorials, um, chiptunes, uh, chips, chip, uh, chip dips. Chipmunks. Chipmunks video games, but this month we're going to focus on video games. I'm sorry, everybody. So, Justin is not here for this episode, as you've probably figured out, uh, because him and his wife, Sydney, are very, very close to the end of Baby Countdown. Uh, So, I mean, uh, that's kind of the way babies work, is we couldn't really put it off. I mean, we could have. We could have put it off. We could have put it off for like fifteen years. Well, I mean, people don't really know what we've been doing for the past eight months, right? How we decided at the beginning of this whole thing we were going to record nine months worth of besties in advance. Oh, that's right. We mistimed it by a little. By so a now little bit. Here we are. Left. Screwed. I know people are like super impressed. Like, how did you know what video games were going to be out and how to like talk about them? The answer is that we knew all of that ahead of time and we also got nine month early advance early access and that's why we're in a pickle now that's why we're going to do today's episode which people are about to find out about people are about to find out listen this is a very special episode of the besties by which i mean not a great one because like (laughs) we thought we thought at the beginning of the month july is going to be a real stinker roo um there's not going to be a lot of stuff coming out for us to talk about not a lot of conversation fuel um so we came up with this great idea where each of us would pick uh, one of our favorite games ever that the other three people haven't played, make all of us play it, and then we talk about those four games, which we've done. We have prepared that content for you, hot and fresh. Justin <laughs> is gone, and his game, I think, is um, the one that will need the biggest <laughs> champion. I think it's I, safe to say. I actually I, I am not 
terribly uh, unfond of his pick. I so. actually liked his pick quite a bit. Um, <laughs> so, like, we, we did all that, and then what happened... Some actual good stuff came out in July. <laughs> so the stuff yeah. that, I, I wouldn't would say it, it was like a cavalcade of. It amazing wasn't amazing, games. but there is certainly like I think if we hadn't prepared this other thing, we could have definitely squeezed an ep out. Um, and that's why we're gonna start with Resties up top. Let's start with Resties and just like spend a little bit extra time on it, and then let's just fucking patchwork this ep- dumb episode <laughs> it's gonna together. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the best ever. Sorry, um, Justin. Sorry, Justin. Uh, so, I guess, how do you guys want to start? I mean, I mentioned at the end of the last episode that I was getting into Divinity, uh, Original Sin, uh, and I don't know if you guys dipped into that as well. Yeah, I played a little bit of that. Uh, I really, really liked it. It was... Um I couldn't get into the, like, universe, because it's that same, like, generic fantasy universe that I never really get oh, into. no. Yeah, you it's like the, more. you know, in the same way that, like, I don't really get into the Skyrim universe, or the uh, Elder Scrolls universe for the most part, but... You're saying play- some really wrong stuff right now. Yeah, I, it, but it gets weird. It gets awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess I played, like, three, four hours or so. Did you get um, to, like, the interdimensional... Oh, yeah, I got there. With okay. the weird, weird gremlin guy, whatever that's he was. R- that's racist, but go ahead. <laughs> um, but it's still, it's fantasy. There's, like, orcs and stuff. So just orcs. When you see orcs, you're like, mm, check, please. Sent you off. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I understand that. I used to be, uh, no. you know, like you, you know, misguided. You did. You used to no, hate but, some but, I hated you, fantasy. Let me, let me finish my point. My point was, like, I wasn't super brought into the world, but... Once I got into the big town and started doing, like, these mini quests, I was, like, pretty engaged. Like, there was a little, like, murder mystery going on. There were, like, these two, like, rival uh, entertainers. And I was, like, bribing this guy to, like, crowd, like, warm up the crowd at this other entertainer. And it pissed off the other guy. I don't know why I was doing any of this stuff. (laughs) But it was, like, pretty, like, interesting and fun and reminded me of, like, Fallout 1 and 2. Yeah, it has that. It definitely has that old school like tactical rpg feel to it my absolute favorite thing about it is uh the environmental combat system is so goddamn cool like for for the first time i feel like in a game like this where you control multiple party members um i felt like there was a a different like a new kind of interplay between how those characters could strategize together oh god i didn't even mean to do that um like being able to, as one character, throw like a patch of oil on the ground, knowing that your next character is going to be able to set that shit on fire. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's it really, like really D&D. amazing. It I mean, feels like, like incredibly good D. Yeah, when yeah. you're in good D and D, you're like, you're you're strategizing with the other players about like what would be the most awesome thing right. to do. Can like, I? I'll throw ask, that barrel and you right. shoot it out of the air and then do like a backflip and it's like yeah that's pretty much what you like doing. ask your DM can I pick up this barrel of oil and throw it right and that's like that is an impossible concept to get across in role playing games I give I give games a really hard time for not really capturing the true D and D experience uh, but you can't right because it's all improvisational and and super creative and unless a game's systems are built around those sorts of things. Um, it just can't, it just doesn't happen. It would be impossible. You need like a hyper complex AI or something to, to make that work. Um, but Divinity Original Sin like has so much creative stuff that it almost makes you feel like you're coming up with your own solutions. Like it makes you feel like you're breaking the rules. 
Um, and that's really smart. Like I, I, I really got into that. Yeah. I had a, I had a hard time like getting super into the characters, and honestly, where the game kind of lost me a little bit was when um, I first took on the two extra characters, um, because then there, you have these in Divinity: Original Sin. You start out creating these two characters, um, and you have to sort of make them good co-op buddies because uh, you can play the game uh, online multiplayer, and one one player controls one character, and one player controls another. And there's some really clever systems in there for how they handle like conversation yeah, that's uh, and funny. arguments and stuff. It's really, really super cool. Um, but once you take on like uh, like accomplices, like you can bring on two other characters who like weirdly no other character in the world will want to talk to. Like if you try to talk oh, yeah. to somebody while you're controlling one of these like uh, mercenaries, essentially, uh, the, the person you're talking to is like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. I only want to talk to your master. And it's like, okay, guys. Well, they just didn't, <laughs> yeah, they just didn't want to write dialogue. And that's that's fine. Characters. It's just, I found it, like, there's a lot of depth to the customization systems in the game between, like, equipment and learning new abilities and, like, specializing in these, like, dozens of proficiencies and picking up perks that unlock based on how you level up those proficiencies. Like, there is a lot yeah. of granularity. And I feel like a lot of games do this, too. Like... Um, once you have four people, like I almost lose interest in managing them. Like I yeah. almost say, like this is this is too much. too much for me. And there is you can um, I think there's like a lone wolf perk that you can give your first two characters, and it like makes them a little bit stronger. But um, you can't take on those accomplices, so it does make it like a two two like character experience, but. Um, from what I've read, like it's it's incredibly difficult to play through the game like that. So I, yeah. I just haven't tried. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I fell off a little bit. Uh, also because like I just didn't, I knew I didn't have time to sink my teeth into this huge, you know, yeah, hours and an hours investment. and hours long. Yeah, experience. that's my issue. Is it's a game that I know I could just be obsessed with, but yeah. because I know that I end up not playing it as much as I would like. Because I, I almost can't let myself do that, which mm. is like a weird thing to say. And they like, oh god, I only have limited amount of time in my day and have to like have responsibilities. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's the thing. I, the original Dark Souls was this for a while, where it's like the oh boy, when I get fired, this is going to be the thing that <laughs> I like sink my depression into forever and ever. Uh, and I, I like just that. I like games that aren't perfect, that, like, leave room for you to exploit them and don't really want to fix those things. Like, did you see the uh, treasure chest kind of hack? No. No. So you can choose all sorts of different, you know, skills and powers for your characters. They're very customizable. And one of the ones that people love is telekinesis, where you can, It's so sweet. Pick things up, and pretty much, I mean, tons and tons of stuff in the game can be thrown, not just the traditional weapons. So what somebody figured out was you can take a treasure chest, which has, like, a a really strong one that has a lot of storage, and then find more of those chests and put them inside of each other. Oh, my God. Indefinitely. So they weigh a ton until they're just this, like, hulkish, heavy object. And then you use that as your weapon. 
uh, <laughs> you just hurl it at people. You have and a, it does like almost awesome. infinite damage. Like a nested treasure chest cannonball. Yeah. That you can just fire at people. I love that. That's amazing. And like that type of stuff, I, I just love that. And that that really captures that spirit of D&D where you can come up with something so stupid but so obviously fun that your DM's like, eh, yeah, I'll let it happen. Like, yeah. sure, that's that's cool enough that, like, we'll let it work, and, and sure, it breaks everything, but it's kind of worth it. It kind of reminds me of uh, a game that I actually almost picked for, like, the game that I wanted all of you to play, which was, and I don't know if you've played it before, Arcanum. Oh, I think I did play from, that actually. Uh, uh, Sierra. It was like steampunk, right? It was it was like steampunk, but it also in like a fantasy like magic universe. It was incredibly like it was so unique um, yeah. because you could develop your character in, in I mean true to form like all these different ways. Um, but in addition to like the good and evil sort of slider that you get, uh, there's also one that sort of moves up and down based on whether you're using magic or technology which has like an impact on, on your character's development. There was some really, really cool stuff and a really amazing soundtrack for that game. Yeah, um, yeah that was like... It's also on GOG. I kind of want to dip back into it. Um, so let's Did, let's You want to talk on. about a couple other games that came out this month? Yeah, I, I mean, there were a few, right? Like Action Hank? I don't know if oh, you yeah. played yeah. that, that, that seems I like... really, really am into that game. It's really fantastic. I, yeah, it's I, neat. I ate, the problem is that it came out on early access and it is like super early access. I think there were like only eighteen levels when it first launched, um, and I like I killed it in like a half hour. Like I I I finished all of the levels and there's it's such a great game. It's just like a runner where you can jump and you can slide and that's basically it. I mean, um, it's the Sonic. People say this with a lot of different things, but it is really the Sonic game that I want. Like, it is gotta go fast, just yeah. go across the course. And the issue with the Sonic games now when they try to make them is they try to make these giant lush settings so you get that one really fast level at the beginning and then they can't keep doing that because they obviously don't have the money for this. Well, this feels like it's set in a child's like bedroom, playroom. Mm -hmm. uh, and it feels like they have a level under tool. I don't know if there's one in the game or not that comes with it. but I think they are going to add one in. Yeah, it it's seems not, relatively not easy for them to add these, like, levels that still look really nice. Yeah. Um, and it just has so much personality. Like, there's... When you're a character who's a toy is going through these courses that are kind of like Hot Wheels tracks uh, and different things, too. Different. And, like, building blocks. Yeah. And, and, but if you, yeah. if you go over the floor or the gaps in it, the floor becomes lava if you get too close to it. Like, there's just lots of cute little... Oh, I remember that. Childhood. Um, it's a really mechanically satisfying game, like, timing out your jumps perfectly so that you land on the, like, decline of a ramp that you butt yeah, slide on. Very momentum-heavy. Um, yeah, it, it is. It almost... It, it kind of reminds me of, uh, like, Mirror's Edge maybe a little bit, because like especially in, in, those later, in those later levels, you have to... The momentum you start with, you have to, like, nurture and, and maintain or else you're not going to be able to make, like, the huge jump that's at the very end of the level that if you, like, stumbled once, you're not going to have the speed that you need to get over it. Um, yeah. I also like that it has the... Uh, <laughs> this is horrible. The European sense of humor. Like, when I'm playing it, it reminds me more of, like, Asterix and Obelix. Like, the cartoons I watched in French class than any cartoons I watched as a kid. And I don't know 
what that is or where that comes from, but it's like a little more grotesque yeah. than American cartoons. Uh, I don't know, but it's yeah, it's super super charming. It's it's like every time I see that game has been updated on steam and i haven't done this really for a lot of early access games i think it's sort of the promise of early access i just don't really have the patience for it but every time i see that that game's been updated i'll load it up because they almost always like drop two or three new levels in there they just released a patch that adds rainbow rainbow medals to the game yeah so like the most difficult like times to try and beat and um they've like fixed up some of the work in progress levels that they had um i I have a word of warning though it it is still pretty early access in terms of how you get around the game. If that makes sense, the menu system, like choosing which metal you're going for, yeah, it's and then like rough. what your ghost looks like and who you're running against, is a little uh, rough. I mean, it's just not like ultra polished. It doesn't feel like a final product, but that is like by no means a reason to yeah. not play it. I, that's more of. When you first load it up, you're probably going to be like, "This is a little busted," uh, but it's totally worth it. It's super fun. I'm I, I I'm going to keep playing it. Like I'm going to keep every time I see it's been updated, or like if I go a few updates without checking it out, like I'm looking forward to playing new levels. And once they put the level editor in there, like oh yeah, I don't know. That's going to be that's going to be pretty huge. It's one of those games I think is going to get a lot of momentum uh, 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 as the year goes on. That was terrible. Um, I know, I'm so sorry. You guys want to talk about Gods Will Be Watching? Either you guys play that? I, oh, I have not I didn't played play it. it. I played like very briefly the demo, and I killed everyone around the fire. And I was like, okay, I, clearly this is a cool idea, but I don't have time for it. We're gonna I, right. I, <laughs> I I played it for like a couple hours, and I still can't beat the first level. So I don't know how much I can talk about it. Wow, it's it's an incredibly difficult decision making game. Yeah, and I just can't. I can't get past level one. Now that it's out, I'm sure there's like a guide somewhere, but there's like a lot of RNG shit going. There's a lot of, sorry, there's a lot of uh, like randomness to the systems in the game that I don't love. Like you are in a hostage crisis and you have to maintain the like calmness of these different, uh, what hostages, I guess is the word. Sure. While also hacking into a system, but it like there's a percentile chance every time you take a turn that you could get hacked yourself and lose progress. Oh, yeah. So there's like that randomness of like you could be doing perfectly and like keeping your keeping that percentile chance low, but it's still a chance that it, you're gonna get screwed. And yeah. it's such a bummer every time it happens. And like there's there's a little bit of stuff like that in the game that like kind of throws all of your strategy in the garbage. Like you could be working really hard and and keeping a perfect balance of like maintaining this hostage situation. And then because the game's like random engine decides to screw you over, you get screwed over. Yeah. Um, There are two games that I wanted to talk about, but I, part of me actually wants to save them uh, until we can all talk about them in mass. And one of them is Wolf Among Us, which finished this last month. Yeah. I need to play all of that. Yeah. It's, effing tremendous i i liked it is it more. really i liked it more than walking dead holy one. shit um i think the pacing is a lot better i really like the characters um yeah i so it's that and next ramus which just sort of just had its first wing but it is going to be releasing a bunch more content Wing two is out right now i think like right now so i think we're probably better off waiting on those two um until next month especially since august once again is going to be a little bit slow yeah uh, I will say that there are some holy shit moments 
in the Naxxramas DLC for Hearthstone. I haven't actually played through the first chapter yet, so okay. I'm excited. They, they rival any holy shit moment that I've had in a game. Like, the, I feel like Hearthstone is about as codified as a game can <laughs> be right now. It is about as balanced and, like, I know every card in that in that fucking game. Yeah. To see a card or hero power get played that throws all that in the pooper yeah. is like, oh my god, this card changes everything. Like it is it is so, so, so exciting. I'm not gonna take that from you and explain what okay. it is, but just I like gird gird your loins because <laughs> it gets it gets rough. Especially yeah. I haven't been able to beat anything on heroic. Oh yeah. Because it's like it's the it's the fucking Gamja bar. It's it's the Kobayashi Maru. It's so 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 hard. Um, yeah, no, that was really good. There was let's see, let's just I guess burn the, through some of this. The Ma- Destiny beta, the Destiny beta, which I did. I talk about the alpha last month. Uh, maybe a little bit. I don't uh, remember. Uh, it's amazing that game's gonna be my life. I'm very excited about that game. Um, what what class are you guys thinking about? I'm gonna do. I actually. So I'm gonna play Hunter and oh, I actually, interesting. I, I didn't played, see I don't I didn't see a lot of those. I really? played all three yeah. of the classes and the reason I'm moving towards Hunter, you know how they all have different jumps? I don't yeah. know if you knew this, but they all jump differently. Um, and, and different movement speeds. The hunter moves a little yeah. bit faster. So what I found was like I didn't really like the other two jumps. They were like very slow and cumbersome and like made you a giant target. So the hunter has like the traditional double yeah, jump. Yeah, it, it feels like a double jump the in like Titan, a Castlevania game. The Titan does like a jetpack, and the Warlock does this weird like it's like hover. a float. It's they not it's quite the a Princess Peach in uh, yeah, Mario. Yeah, Kart. essentially, which gives sort them like a stable of, a stable yeah. firing platform for their like magical abilities. Yeah, it's not super stable. I mean, it's more like a, a wide arc. Like I a mean, basketball you can shot, you but. can set. I mean, you can do it in a way where you just hover in a perfect yeah. horizontal line. Uh, I don't. Really? Yeah. I was never able to do that. I think you, the gravity still affects you, but whatever. I didn't, the, that was, that's seriously the deciding factor for me was like the jumping. The other classes were fine. And also throwing knives, the, the hunter throwing, throwing knives like are absolutely pretty awesome. sweet. Uh, I'm and going the with golden the, guns thing is cool. I'm going with the Titan because they have a super ability where you jump in the air and ground pound like Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. That's that gets awesome. That gets more powerful the higher up you get <laughs> and uh, works in, in, like, competitive battles and nothing is sweeter than, like, watching people try and steal your territory and then yeah. figuring out a way to jetpack, like, up that rock on top of that ridge, on top of that ledge, and then, like, dropping the goddamn hammer on Yeah, there's some really cool so, traversal stuff. so it's sweet. Not- I wouldn't say it's to the level of, like, Titanfall in terms of traversal. Oh, God, no, no. Definitely a lot of options you have. Although I will say that getting on a jet bike, that's my favorite gaming oh, animation so good. maybe ever. It's not like, even the animation. Like, the feel, the whole feel of it is, like, perfect. Watching it, your legs kick out when you take a sharp turn is, like, whoever animated that, great job. That's yeah. the best, possibly the best animation in gaming. It was the first time I felt like I was doing the Return of the Jedi thing that yeah. I always wanted to do in a game. I mean... Shadows of the Empire, notwithstanding, but it, <laughs> I, th- that noise that it makes, the wheeze, when you're yeah, just like as the engine it. like gives out, yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh, that's yeah, pretty I, good. I love it. Um, uh, as long as we're talking about betas, I also wanted to mention I played the crew beta and fucking loved it. Uh, um, I, I played more of it. I got it to work. Last from time we downtown, talked, it wasn't working at all. 
I didn't know what to expect from that game at all. I like it a lot. They're doing some real cool stuff. It gives you that old school, like, need for speed, underground level of customization for your cars. And then, like, has some really clever online open world hooks. Like, cleverer than I thought it was going to be and deeper than I thought it was going to be. It's not just, like, driving around through, like, I guess using the more recent need for speed games as an example like you're not just like crashing through signs and you know doing seeing how fast you can drive by like speed cameras there's like honest to goodness challenges um that you can just sort of hit while you're going from point a to point b and there's like one button restarts for if you screw something up so you don't have to like meticulously like drive back to the start of one of those channels like there's so much it's such a friction-free like huge game yeah Um, it's also nice to have a racing game with a personality like uh with criterion it felt like the deeper they went into the need for speed uh world like the less personality they were yeah i have i actually this past weekend uh a friend of mine came over and we really wanted to play a video game and we're like hurting for like a good multiplayer game right now yeah um because we've kind of expended i think towerfall and sports friends and all those uh so we downloaded burnout 3 takedown on it's on xbox 360 it's like 10 bucks uh and yeah that's like it's a different it's a different game right and it's perfect like the graphics are so like rough a little bit and like doing those uh the crash junctions one it It was was an xbox one game yeah original it's an xbox original um and they up resed it for 360 a little bit really but you watch like (laughs) you hit like a bus and then you watch that bus like flip on its side and like grind 30 feet on a guardrail oh like that's so great like it's i miss that crash mode so much i can't believe that didn't make it into any of the other games um yeah i've i've really missed something like that i don't think the crew really fits that bill but oh yeah no it's more like uh for me cruising usa in terms of personality like that but, jopey, like, we kind of know what America would look like from right. our office. Although, <laughs> although I will say... like, use Google image search, we can get a There's also, like, a, for it. A, a really great progression hook to the game where, like, you are leveling up as a driver, but each... Your, your cars level up, too, independently. And, like, they level up really frequently because as you complete those challenges, you'll get, like, a muffler that's better than yours that you can equip with the press of one button, and then your car's level, like, increases, and you know how your car's increasing, like getting more powerful and you can feel it like you can feel your car getting getting better like i really dig that i will say that austin is not in the game but new Braunfels, texas is (laughs) south south padre island is new Braunfels is where people from austin go to get drunk and float on a river and eat sausage and i love it i love it new Braunfels, keep it up you're doing a very important job but like there's no Austin. There is an area called Hill Country, which has a big <laughs> dam in it. And then you drive south, and there's New Braunfels. How? What's up with your, and, like... And is Kansas City, like, three blocks away from there? I don't know. I haven't gone looking for Kansas, Kansas City. City. Game. I think Did St. Louis the is, out like, out their contribution, too. So, also, like, areas are labeled, and it's, like, Chicago, New York, Midwest. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. There's... We've got <laughs> Wichita... Okay. Topeka, in terms Lawrence, of uh, landscape, do you think it varies much? Actually, do think- it does quite a bit. The Ozarks versus like the plains are, are pretty different. Yeah, I'm already asleep. They're like landmarks, 
in each city, right? So it'll yeah. be like, this is Eight Mile. You found Eight Mile. And Which sometimes is just one big road. Right. And sometimes there will be a landmark like out in the middle of nowhere. And it'll be like, you just found Lewisburg, Kentucky. Like, cool. Okay. Austin didn't even get that. It's uh, some bullshit. Yeah. Uh, GPD of Cheap Ass Gamer actually tweeted an image of Queens, New York. And it was just like a, a farm field. Mm-hmm. It was like a legit meadow. Which I guess could be Flushing Meadow, but I don't think that's what it looks like. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I do kind of love it. It reminds me of, I, I think I think you both brought this up in the overview, one of which failed and one of which went up on the site, that it kind of reminds me of like Pilot Wings. Yeah, it's like that mini yeah. USA yeah, uh, pilot, like the Pilot jumping, Wings. The jumping oh, game so that you awesome. did was really I'm like, great. I'm going to jump from New York to Las Vegas and right. jump. Like it was oh, fantastic. Only they're like ten square feet apiece. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's that game's gonna be pretty tight. Anything else? Oh, the Dark Souls two DLC. Oh god. <laughs> Did you play it? Play it? No. Oh yeah. No. Play it maybe. I, I want to, but I, I need a I'm gonna be honest, I haven't finished Dark Souls two yet. Is there oh, one Jesus. thing about the DLC that like sets itself apart apart from like new areas? Is there like a gameplay mechanic they introduced? Um not really. They did a clever thing where if you haven't purchased the DLC, you can drop a summon sign right outside of where the DLC kicks off. And then there's like an area inside the DLC that's like closed off. And it's it's relatively short. It's just like a really punishing um, like descent through these tombs. And then you fight this three-person boss at the end of it, which is really hard. So you kind of have to summon people to, to get through it, especially to beat that boss. So if you haven't bought the DLC, you can be summoned into that closed-off uh, cool. area and get basically a demo of yeah, that's neat. what the new content is is like. Bring that um, stuff to next-gen, guys. God, That's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I will say they have nerfed miracles oh, no. in an enormous and profound way. Uh, and I didn't know it until I played the DLC and, like... That was like my whole build, kind of. Yeah, that's. And brutal. so I kind of have to like start from scratch, or like I, well, I can, you can go respec, right? I can respec, but I've spent so many materials and all that equipment. I spent a really long time like getting the the most powerful like chime that you use to cast miracles, and then I spent a bunch of resources like leveling it up to max level, and then yeah. like my entire build is based around like lightning damage and high faith, and like now those spells like they not only like cut the uses of them in by like three quarters uh so you can only like the spell that i was using and i had like 20 uses every time that i left a, a bonfire now it only has like four um they do weaker damage too so yeah. like sad th- i think the reasoning was like it was sort of in in discernible from sorceries which is like the traditional magic damage sure stuff in the PvP game and stuff like that yeah um but it's still like kind of a bummer like well, the, it's it's unleash you didn't the hounds, just man you I've didn't just it. take it down yeah <laughs> i love it that's your point of compare that's like is that the worst you don't play that a lot was, of mmos that's no, the worst really nerf don't. you've that's ever the worst in. nerf i've ever experienced and it happened about a week after i started playing hearthstone yeah. and i bought a shitload of hunter cards i was like no yeah but that's cool that's I, so I funny um also, Freedom Planet is really great. It's like a Sega Genesis game. Guys, I think we should get into it. I guess we should dip in. Let's do it. Uh, if you want to bail now, no, I think it's going to be honestly. Fine. I think it's going to be really good. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, talk I, about I have faith. Our childhoods a lot. I have it is, and I feel like we're going to be nasty about. It. I feel like I've got more skin in the game. 
than I've ever had on this show. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't feel have that way about my game anything too. except for your game. <laughs> except with my game? <laughs> I think so. Oh boy. Well, oh. I, I think I you didn't. I don't think either of you played my game right. Um, let's. <laughs> should we start with uh, one of your guys' games? Uh, yeah, I was. Or do you want to start with Justin's? No, let's close to Justin's. Okay, yeah. let's close to Justin's. I think we I'll should start, start with I, your game, Fresh. Okay, I can start with mine. So, so the game that I chose for other people to play was Act Razor on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Everybody just turned off our pod. <laughs> Has, uh, so remind me, what was your guys' experience with Act Razor? I had played it for like five minutes. In in the history of your life, you'd only played it for five minutes. Yeah, I never dipped. I never dipped into it. And, too and deep. Plant, what about you? This is one of those games that I remember watching a neighbor play. But yeah, that that's about. It's mine. a weird. It's a weird game. Having gone back. And playing like at, while playing it, I realized, wow, I probably did not understand what was happening whatsoever. Well, I, I, I think when I was younger, any game. I think when I was younger, I played through the first action scene, and I was like, oh, this is like Super Castlevania, whatever. I get <laughs> it. And then I got to the simulation part, and I was like, well, I just don't know what's happening here, so I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it does not make it easy for you to understand what the hell is going on. Yeah, I'm so, sure back then, back you know, well, let me, we let me explain. Let me let me structurally explain for people that aren't aware what Actorizer is. It's one of my favorite uh, games of all time. Uh, definitely like top five on Super there Nintendo. There are there are a lot of people who are that like Mitchie D is like tweeting about that constantly. He's tweeting about Actorizer like it's his whole it's, life. It's an amazing game. I really really like it. So uh, uh, you know, as I think Plant said, um, it starts off and it's just an action game. It's like a two D side scrolling. Uh, you've got a sword and you hit guys and it's sort of like Mega Man or you look Castlevania. Like Thor. You look kind of like Thor because you're a god. And you beat that level, you beat a boss, and then suddenly you're controlling this little angel that flies above a burgeoning city and your objective is to build the city and help the people out. Okay, pause. Because okay. there's something that we skipped here what where we I lost maybe 15 minutes of my life. Okay. Um, so... After you complete that first 2D level, you actually play as a giant like oh, the temple ship. on a cloud. That <laughs> yeah, is you're a, a, ship. You're a cloud and ship. And you have the option to fly around the world. Now you can't do that. What you ha- what you're supposed to do is enter the menu immediately, go down to a, a specific option to fight or no to go to your city. And click that option. It's not the, it's not like the immediate option, nor does it show you where this option is. So what I did is I was like, oh, I need to go find the city. Well, it didn't look like I'm on the city. So I float around the map, and I'm literally trying every option on every damn square inch of this map, and nothing is loading. And then I realized, no, I... You, were, you weren't supposed to move your cloud ship at my, all. They, they, they let me be in the cloud ship but did not want me to use it. Well, so, they yes. wanted you to see the world as a whole, and then you, you know, explore it. I think what what this sort of brings to light is that there was a period of game which uh, games, which is no longer really in existence, where we sort of take it take it for granted that like when we were playing older games, you spent like a half hour to an hour just like figuring out how and, things and, worked and, and well, what the developer wanted you to do. To set this up, I think all four of our games fell into that. I think, all, I think all 100%. four of our games are, I have no goddamn idea what, I, like, the game is figuring out what you're supposed to be doing. Well, but I would say, like, 
after, like, for, for ActRaiser, in, in the case of ActRaiser, I think after you beat the first level, you pretty much get it gets the easier. structure of it. That I, simulation, you just understand what you're supposed to be doing. The simulation system in the game, I would say, is so, like, simple, is so, like, simplistic that I always felt like I was screwing it up. Like, I wasn't getting, like... You build roads, yeah. and then uh, as as your city expands, more people move into it and start building uh, increasingly complex structures and farms of their own volition. Yes. And you have to lead those roads to points on the map where monsters are spawning from. The whole time you're shooting down these monsters as they terrorize the village. Kind of like a shmup. Not kind, shmup. Not even close to Kind of. Really, but like <laughs> no. a like, very simple... Um, shooting some, shooter. Sometimes you will get like messages from the villagers saying like, "Oh, we found this spell. Here, you yeah. can take it." Or there's a rock in the southeast corner of the map. Go blow it up with lightning, and you'll find a spell under. Or it. my husband's going insane from dark energy. Right. So, um, and that's where like I really like part of the reason I'm a huge fan of this game is because, uh, and I realize like it seems very uh, primitive now, but those like crazy shifts in like the story were like. The two people that you've been talking to this whole time, like one of them dies, yeah, and the woman is like devastated, and you're like, "What can I do to help?" And she's like, uh, "Maybe put some rain on our crops, <laughs> or just go like, on and help other cities grow." Right, can I, exactly. Can I drop a spoiler? Sure. For the end, the game is one of thirty the, years old. <laughs> one of the villages that you like raise up has a boy named oh, I think yeah. Timmy. And you have to, like, find him, because he's outlaws. He's being terrorized by monsters. Find him, and you bring him back to his parents. Great. When you finish the game, it does, like, a montage where the Cloud City pans over all the cities that you've helped um, bring to life and tells you a little bit about, like, what's up with them, where they are. When you go to the city where Timmy was, your, like, angel buddy (laughs) talks about, like, Ah, uh, you remember Timmy? He was so great. I know we're supposed to love all of our inhabitants equally, but Timmy was just so lovable. By the way, they drew lots to decide who should be sacrificed to you, and Timmy was sacrificed. <laughs> great, great, great. I hope you don't mind that's, that. And now that's t- what now I Timmy's in heaven love. with us. Yeah. That's what I love about this game. It really did not pull any punches. It was, like, increasingly brutal. That's, like... And, like, very mature for a game that I played when I was, like, nine years old. How much... How much Quintet games, like, how many of those have you played? Because one of my favorite games of all time is Illusion of Gaia. Um, no, I didn't, ever, I didn't or, play that Or one. Illusion of Time, if you are European. Um, it's, have you played it, Plant? No. Oh, guys. Oh, man. It is amazing. It, it, it is sort of a uh, more RPG-ish take on Zelda. Uh, and what's great about Quintet's games is that they use a lot of the same art assets and uh, sounds... Uh, between games, like ActRaiser's sort of, I, I think uh, I think it's called the Blazer Saga, is a sort of continuation of like a running narrative throughout the games so that starts in ActRaiser, goes on into Soul Blazer, and then ends in Illusion of Gaia. I think I have that right. Um, so there's like a, a running narrative there, uh, but there's also like you will see sprites that go across those games like maybe it's a maybe it's like an explosion effect in one game and in yeah. another game it's like a fireball that you throw <laughs> like it's really really fun like catching catching all of that stuff i it was so weird because i had no idea that that stuff existed and then while i was playing act Razor, i was like wait a second that's the that's a monster from from illusion <laughs> of gaia 
Uh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. I hope I see the angel. Man, I should have picked that because I I yeah. thought that everybody had played that game, but apparently no, I never not. Played it. Uh, yeah, I I love ActRaiser, and and one of the biggest crimes against humanity was when ActRaiser two came out, and it was just an action game. Yeah, it didn't not have a very a, good one. Didn't they have just, a simulation. Thing. They got rid of the simulation. It's stuff. a step in the like super wrong direction because I I really liked the hybrid nature of ActRaiser. I just wanted like. I just wanted the simulation systems to be more robust, more complex. Yeah, right. Yeah. I wanted it to feel like I never felt like I was doing it right because of how simple it was. Yeah, Does that so, make sense? Like yeah, it was so, so simple, simple that I felt like, oh God, I have to be missing something. I yeah. kind of want the opposite. I I would love a simple simulation game that has geometry wars placed on top of it. <laughs> like I like the idea of having to do this kind of like twin stick shooter while trying to make big decisions about the fate of this, like, city that you're trying to raise. Mm. Um, Good on them for actors, though. Like, seriously, one of the most original games. No, I honestly can't compare it right to any other game that exists right now. Can Will you guys do me a favor and play Illusion of God? I really wish I had made it. Is it similar? Um, no, I mean it's like it's like uh, Link to the Past. Okay, but yeah. with but with uh, I do like Link to more the Past. RPG mechanics and like this crazy storyline where you are exploring the wonders of the world. Yeah. Um, but like what what I was trying to bring up when I mentioned that game earlier uh, is that there is a lot of dark, terrible shit that that happens in that game. There is there is one scene in particular where. Uh, uh, a character that has been with you the entire time sacrifices themselves in the most brutal manner like a game has ever realized before. This is weird. This is one of those boxes where I'm going to circle back to this when we get to another game on the show, but it's one of those boxes I coveted but never actually got the game. But I'm looking at it. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I forgot that this thing existed. Uh, It's the, like, Illusion of Gaia written in this gold classic font over, I guess, what's, like, a version of the Earth, but not... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks like Zelda-y, almost. Yeah, Um, there is very, very... But it's nothing compared to the uh, box that I really wanted, which was just the old guy with the banjo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Equinox? Was that... Which is... No, 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 no. That was a a shooter, right? Yeah, that was a shmup. Yeah, it was a shmup. Uh, guys, sorry, was it? E- it wasn't Equinox. Was I it? don't think it was Equinox. I don't. It wasn't the gym. <laughs> Phalanx or something? Maybe? Yeah, Phalanx. It was Phalanx. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, playing Actraiser made me bummed out that Quintet just sort of disappeared. Yeah. They did so many like they did so many great games. They put Enix on the map. I feel like with with games like Actraiser and uh, Illusion of Gaia, and they yeah. did. I don't know if you guys ever played uh, Terranigma. I don't know if that actually ever came to the States. Um, and Robotrack. Oh, they made so many amazing games on Super Nintendo. And then I think in like the, they, they put all their, they took all their chips and then they put, it on, put them on the table on a space marked Sega Saturn. Mm. And then they died. Then they just vanished from the earth. Sad. Game dev story. Isn't that the way? And then how it goes. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, so that's Actraiser. I really liked it. I'm glad uh, you got... Well, Plant was a little grumpier than uh, Griffin was. I liked but. it. I mean, I, it's just... It's not... It's a game that you can still play today, which it is, which been, is, which is volumes yeah. better than most games. It suffers uh, from being so far ahead of its time when it was out, but now, like, uh, 
better action games and way better simulation games have come out. And it's very, very novel that those ideas were blended. Like, it's novel that they even had the idea to blend that stuff in the first place. But the constituent elements, I don't think... Yeah, I, um, I completely agree ...were the best. Yeah. Um, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what do we have next coming up? Do you guys just want to start in on mine? I really yeah, wish Justin was here. Because I think, I think Justin would have... Have my back, maybe a little bit more. Probably. Um, so my game, I was hesitant to like pick a game from the series because um, I think the series sort of is, uh, uh, I think of it as like a a one unit in my mind. Just because maybe it's just because like I've played all of the games in them so so much that I can beat them relatively quickly. Uh, is is the Quest for Glory series, an old PC adventure series from uh, from Sierra that uh, really cleverly blended adventure game mechanics and role-playing game mechanics in a way that uh, no, like, visual adventure game... I think Zork, Beyond Zork, maybe, had, had a little bit of that going on, but it, that was just text-based adventure. This was, like, a, a an actual adventure game sort of in the vein of uh, King's Quest where you had stats. You had, like, a and d character sheet uh, that determined your strength and your intelligence and your your agility, uh, and also like specific skills. Again, very D and D esque, like throwing and climbing uh, and lock picking. Uh, and then you had to use those skills to solve puzzles in the world. So where like an adventure game might have you like combine a rubber chicken with a pulley um, in Quest for Glory, like you know that you have this set of skills that for a lot of the challenges are what you're going to use to to overcome a challenge. Like, if you're good at climbing, you're going to be able to solve a puzzle in a different way than my magic user who might have, like, a levitation spell would. Um, So you can play through it multiple different ways, if that's your jam. There's five games in the series, and the best thing about it is you can import your character between games to keep uh, your stats and some of the items that you found in the previous game into the next one. So it's almost like reminiscent of a D&D campaign um, because all of the storylines are blended. There are characters who come across games. The fifth game is basically all fan service. Like every character in the fifth game is from the past four, um, which is pretty great if you get into it. So I didn't know what to pick. Russ doesn't have a PC, so I had to pick one that was on Mac. Um, So I picked for them to play the fan remake of quest for glory 2 trial by fire yeah and upon further consideration (laughs) i don't think that was the smartest choice probably not because Uh, you that 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 i think the series starts out brilliantly i think like quest for glory 1 is the perfect way to learn sort of the systems of the game it's not an especially challenging game um and by the time you get to quest for glory 2 it sort of assumes that you understand the structure of like playing your class and sort of the, the the tricks of the trade that that class has. There's a lot of puzzles that are basically ripped between games. Like, there is a dispel potion in every game, and you know you have to find the ingredients for it and use it whenever a thing transforms. Like, and if you don't have that knowledge, I think that it can be a pretty <laughs> yep. punishing experience. I'm going to talk so, you through my, my experience with this game. Okay, are you ready? Also, Quest for Glory 2 has the most confusing map system in yeah. any oh, game yeah. ever um, device. Well, yeah. Hey! That's assuming you have a map. This this is fun. Magic Carpet Ride. 
uh, well, here I am, cat people. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> like, I immediately do not know what is going on. I don't know why the hell I suddenly am having my outfit changed. I, I don't get any of it. Uh, I struggle through everything. I'm not good at point-and-click games other than Monkey Island. So, I... What class did you, what class did you play as? Uh... I if, did if you I say did, fighter. I'm gonna. I was a fighter. <laughs> is that not what we were supposed to play as? Is that what you played as? Yeah. I can't fucking believe you two. I don't. Why? It's unbelievable. I uh, mean, that's the thing. You you. I feel like you didn't approach that from like the D and D mindset of like as the fight. So whenever you start the game, you can choose from three different roles. Four in the later games. Uh, you can also play as a paladin. But you can play as either a fighter, magic user, or a thief, right? And the fighter, all of the solutions to the puzzles are like a punch the thing i kick the thing down and i kill the guy how do we know that without the context of knowing the series okay but you've played a fucking role-playing game before like you could have i was shocked that there was a fighting option in this sort of game yeah uh i'll I'll give you my one second because plants uh reductive experience uh, didn't quite (laughs) give it justice um my experience was okay so the game starts Within the first three seconds, I'm like, oh, I probably should have played the first one because there's, like, a bunch of characters (laughs) that, like, clearly I should know that appear and talk to you. And then I'm in this, um, I guess it's like a, you know, uh, sort of an Arabian city. um, And I'm, like, wandering around looking for a map because I need a map because the city is, like, enormous and full of, like, serpentine paths. And... But the guy who sells the map doesn't... I don't have the right money for that guy. That's the most hardcore shit. Whenever you start any Quest for Glory (laughs) game, the first thing you have to do is find the money changer. Because the money that you brought with you from the last game is no good here, sir. Yeah. So uh, that took, like, a while. And... If you talk to him, he he does give you directions. Yeah, but, like it's still I got very lost and I wasn't like I should have been taking notes and like drawing my own map as I was playing but I didn't um and were you playing with it so what's great about the remake the remake is like one of the best I think fan remakes of any game ever um so just for like a little bit of history the first quest for glory game uh had I don't even know what the style of graphics were like what were those old like look like they were made in MS paint like a lot of old tier adventure games looked like that um, there's a term for it that I just can't remember where all of the uh, commands that you did were still text based like th- cast open on yeah. door like you would have to actually type that out um, and then the later Quest for Glory games were VGA and uh, meaning like the, the graphics were better and there were uh, there was like a, an actual user interface for the game so you would actually like click on the spell menu yeah. click the open spell target it at the thing that you wanted to open so they did a sierra created a vga remake of the first quest for glory game that added those interface elements in um that is like actually one of the best games in in the series um and a, and a really great point of entry into the series uh, but they never did it for quest for glory 2 quest for glory 2 the only version sierra ever made was still that um, like hyper inaccessible text-based adventure game um, that doesn't have some of the things that this remake has, like for instance, an option to make the streets like uh, basically straight shots. Like if you play, there's like a complex map mode and a simplified map mode. I don't know which one you guys chose, but the complex map mode is like the Minotaur's oh, labyrinth. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. It is really, really rough. But the, the it also has, like, fast travel, the remake does. Um, I don't think I noticed that. <laughs> I think you need you might need the map to do fast travel. You do, yeah. And I didn't even, like, try it after I got the map. So I have a recommendation for anyone who is going to try playing this. Uh, and that is don't play it on a Mac. And don't play the remake as, like, fine as it is. Because I went and watched a Let's Play of the original. And the of the original, wonderful. of the original like Quest the, for the, Glory just two, the, yeah, the like vanilla flavor. Yeah, the the pixel art is like really really cool. The music's great. I enjoyed watching that more. Um, if I if I buy you the Quest for Glory collection on GOG, will you give the first game a shot and not play as a fucking fighter? Because here's what here's what I love about this. Here's what I love about this game. The Gaia Illusion of Gaia. It's not my fault that you haven't played any good games. I think that (laughs) this game has actually come closer to recreating that D&D experience because, again, like it's all about finding your own solutions based on how your character is. You don't have to tie yourself down to a single role. Like, yeah, you pick a class, but the way that you develop that class, I, I my jam was always when I was growing up is I would pick a thief. Uh, because I loved the, you could like find different places to break into, steal all their shit and fence it. And then I would talk to Justin, who was playing through the game as a magic user. And he'd be like, yeah, I really want to buy that magic armor, but I just can't afford it. And it's like, well, that's because you didn't choose a life of crime. <laughs> um, I would play as a thief, but I would put some points into magic. And that way I could go out and like, I could buy like the fireball spell or I could buy the like trigger trap spell and then yeah. like i could come up with a cool blend of how i would play that character like and that carries over as your character moves through the different games so like in the last quest for glory game like a lot of the treasure chests and doors are trapped and if you're playing through as a thief you have to like play this like really tough mini game to try and disarm it using your thief's toolkit or if you played the game like i did you just cast spells on the door to make it explode and then pick locks on the like so yeah so that uh, and that's i think where i had the most respect for it because my like classic growing up my classic uh sierra adventure game experience was uh space quest mm-hmm. i played a ton of the space quest games and i really liked them and i thought they were hilarious and all that stuff but in playing this it's pretty amazing because it's essentially space quest but with a lot more variety in terms of like how you can solve situations. It was it was it broke the, the mold. Yeah. And it, you think about like adventure games like that was the market back then. like those were the games. Yeah. And it broke it like shattered that it, mold. It really feels like like a like a demake of Skyrim in that sense. A little like, bit. Yeah, like it 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 you can basically do anything like in the first game you can skip so much shit i think the speed run for the first game is like five minutes because all you have to do is like find the right items and then like finish the final quest but there's like tons and tons and tons of stuff you can do in that game that you can just elect not to do and if you do decide to do it you have a bunch of different ways that you can go about doing it because of like the the way that the skills allow you to tackle challenges in 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 different ways do you think there's more going on I mean, behind the scenes, obviously not graphically and whatnot, in these games than in the, like, modern Telltale games? Um, yeah. Like, uh, that, wait, 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 what does that mean? More so, like, I mean, the Telltale games, compared to, like, the way you're describing these games, sound way more rigid than... Well, they are. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Just they are, I by, think... the, by nature of, like, how expensive it is to create the assets that would require a truly... branching story so they sort of have to pick their battles whereas here 
theoretically, again, I, I don't know what it was like to make games back then, but it like they you were able to make like one animation of a guy walking in a window, and it didn't like require like full animation, like am- animating a whole scene and voiceover and all that stuff. Um, so I get why they are, more, but yeah, they're more rigid. Absolutely. I think, and and I, I'm not sure the comparison really stands because I don't think the Telltale modern adventure games really fit the mold. No, they want to be more about a very specific story. It's it's more about storytelling. It's not a, more about like here's an obstacle. Do you have the right, right item to get through this obstacle? Do you yeah. know how to use that item? Like right. it's it's less about that. I do think that nobody's ever made an adventure game like these games because so many adventure games are based on that model of solution discovery and less about like character development and experimentation and and um yeah and it, I, I mean it's crazy to me that those systems existed in a game that old like the challenges that must have gone into like you can tackle this challenge however you want and then you start thinking about like hybridizing so it's not just like three set paths of solutions that you have to go on you can like pick and choose as you develop your character like whether you want to solve this with magic whether you want to solve it with brute force sure. whether you want to like get clever about it whether you want to like there's and- also in the later games like a communication skill so like you're tossing another element into it can you convince a person to like complete the yeah. challenge for like and i think w- why we haven't seen this really done in adventure games before is that essentially all the things that we're talking about just evolved into what are modern day RPG I games. think so too, yeah. Um, like, they just, like, adventure games went off and stayed, like, the more simplistic story-centric idea, and and all of these elements that we're seeing in Quest, Quest for Glory just got added on to every and, adventure game. And that's why I think it captures that D&D feel, is because I think role-playing games, like early role-playing games, I think are, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think are amazing. Games like, you know, Ultima and... and genre-defining stuff like that. But those didn't have that element of how can you use your skills to overcome a... What is most of the time... What is most of the time a non-combat challenge? Like, how are you going to get in this house to, like, steal this thing from a person? Are you going to use magic to do it? Are you going to use stealth to do it? Like, a lot of old role-playing games didn't really have that stuff in it. It was just mostly like how are you going to use your magic or swords in combat how are you going to like keep yourself healed as you explore this dungeon and that's really not what these games are about they're they're adventure games first and foremost um they just let you feel like the smartest person ever when you use this character that you've been you've been growing um across games to like figure stuff out it's 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 incredibly incredibly rewarding and like it's it's crazy to me that that hybrid adventure role playing game idea didn't really take off. Like just now, you're starting to see people explore it again. Like um, the the Coles, the creators of the Quest for Glory series, are working on Hero U, which is like a kickstarted game. And there's a few other people like trying to do it as well. But I don't know, man. It's just crazy to me that that died out. And and the settings for those games, you guys only played the second one, which has like a you know, uh, Arabian Nights feel to it, but like they bounce between Germanic folklore to Arabian Nights to like African Egyptian folklore to um, uh, like Slavic folklore and like Transylvania to ancient Greece. Like there's so much inventive stuff going on. I just, man, I adore this series. Um, and if you haven't played it, don't do what they did, which is play the most inaccessible game with the worst character type. 
<laughs> yes, lesson learned. Lesson learned. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Halftime! Halftime! So, listener to the podcast will remember that my building is going under construction and they also might remember that I received an anonymous note indicating the dangers of the paints that the building would be using to paint the hallways. This is some house of cards shit. Did yeah. you trace it back to the source? Did you did you do a fingerprint scan? So the original uh, author of this uh, letter is still remains uh, anonymous. Uh, I it called was them- anonymous, the internet hacktivist group? Yes. Actually, I think it's Max from Mission Impossible 1. Um, she uses anonymity to her advantage and okay. then buys the knocklist. So, uh, yeah, so I got this letter, dangerous paint being used in the building, be careful about it, you know, yell at your building manager. 
to the building about a week later, sent around a letter saying, hey, we know there were concerns, so we're going to, like, add a ton of fans to the hallways and do the painting in a much seems, shorter... Seems legit. ...shorter span of time. It seemed like they acted on it. Get all those stinky fumes out of there. Now, I don't know that putting fans in the center of a New York City high-rise is going to do a whole lot, given no. that there's no windows. Oh, um, terrific. You're just moving the stinky fumes around. Sure. Um, and, and that's sort of what they did. Anyway, about a few weeks, or I guess a month or so, passed. And um, I work from home a few days a week. And I was working from home, uh, I would say, two weeks ago. And it, things were going great. Like, window was open. I was chilling out. I knew they were painting the hallway, but it was fine. Because, you know, I had, you know, windows wide open. Uh, around 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon, I... Um, passed out. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. Literally, like, felt woozy, sat down on my bed, and passed out for an hour and a half. <laughs> um, it seems that the uh, efforts of the, uh, the fans were not, indeed, quite up to snuff. Or perhaps they were channeling those, those dark energies somehow... Directly. directly into your apartment. That might or, be. Or was there a semicircle of fans all pointing towards your front door? And they were shaped in like a six-sided uh, star sort of situation. Uh-huh. So wait, that's the Jewish star. Uh, what's the devil star? Five. Pe- pentagram. Yeah. Pentagram. There you go. Uh, they were shaped like that. Okay. And um, apparently, all of the humors, bad and otherwise, entered my body and killed me for about an hour and a half. So using adventure game logic, because um, because I think that's a pretty good transition. Of if course. you get a fucking note from an anonymous party, yeah, warning you of dangers, yeah, you have to you have to pay attention to that. You can't just let that slide. But what about like Dark Souls? Yeah, oh, like what if they Dark were Souls. like, "Hey, treasure ahead," and they were gonna like rob me when I left the building? Oh, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah, or like it's safe to walk out this window. Mm-hmm. Treasure, there's treasure underneath this window, Russ. <laughs> jump, jump on out here. So, uh, yeah, fair to say that um, I think it was oil-based paint. Not so good for the humors. Um, I, um, I had a tough couple days there. Is your? Are you okay now? Are you having trouble breathing? I mean, breathing's fine. Numbers don't mean as much as they <laughs> used to. <laughs> Yeah, they just sort of abstract shapes. Yeah, I mean, now, I get what they're trying to do, but you remember that not. they you remember that they have meaning. Yeah, um, you're just having a hard time hard time piecing that together. Yeah, so I feel for you, man. I'll, I'll be fine in a few years or so, probably. Worst come first. We don't need to kids. We, we don't really need math for our career path that we've chosen. You know, calculators exist everywhere. They're right, on my sure. phone right now. And I can't make sense of the numbers, but it's fine. I'm sure they have the right answers. Um, any big news stories we can chat about? It's been kind of slow as well. I know, Griffin, you wanted to talk about the EA subscription thing. Um, yeah. Only to the extent that I want you to explain to me what it is. Now, I think I get the general gist, right? Five bucks a month or is it 30 bucks a year? Yeah, I think that's what it comes down Which, to. Which, can we just talk about that's fucking crazy? Is, it, is that just an offer that is for this year? Because that's like... I think it's a, in perpetuity. Oh, okay, you well, mean... That's like, a pretty crazy discount then. Like, usually you get maybe 5 10% knocked off the top. That's half That's half as much, right? I don't know what you're telling me. Oh, you, <laughs> five you bucks, like, numbers. $5 a month is $60 a year. 
Yeah. They're giving it to you for $30 a year if you, if you get it. Yeah, because they really, really want you to buy the for a year deal. Because they know people just forget about it and renew it for the next year. So here's what, here's what I'm saying. There there is there are a few companies on this earth in the games industry that uh, have a line of credit with me that is as shitty <laughs> as the line of credit that EA has with me, vis-a-vis uh, customer treatment policies. Right. Yeah. Um, like it's EA, and then just barely above that. Most people who have Kickstarter campaigns. That's basically... King.com. (laughs) King.com. But, like, I don't know, man. It sounds like a pretty good deal. Like, Madden 25, like, I I love watching football. I don't play those games because I'm not going to drop a 60 on a football series that, like, I've never really dipped into and, honestly, I think has evolved to a level of mechanical complexity, or at least it seems like that from the outside looking in. Yeah, I can't. That I I will never be able to, like, compete with in um but i'll pay 30 bucks a year to play like to play that you know yeah i think the idea that like if they were able to lock in people do a 30 dollars a year just like and again like the whole model of this is not that they make a shitload of money to start off with it's that people just don't cancel their subscriptions right it's like a magazine subscription model and i'm mad at the i'm not mad at like the early access idea like i'll sure like as a perk of that like yeah to get early access to dragon age inquisition and then have my save carry over to the final game like that's actually pretty clever essentially a demo but yeah i yeah i think you're just paying them to do things that will get you to spend more money so you're that you're giving them 30 dollars a year for the opportunity to buy games directly from them so you are limited in where and how you buy like, I, I, I don't, I mean, well, and, and a lot of people I mean, were upset. I wrote an opinion piece about this yesterday, and people were upset because uh, it's not out yet, and it's a beta, and it, beta is now a marketing term that is used for uh, not, it's basically used as a shield. Like, don't criticize us. Uh, we're going to make this available to people, uh, but we don't really want any feedback on it right now. Uh, or any negative press, so it's a beta, uh, and and I, I think that like is well, they never want negative shit. press. Like that's right. not a surprise, and also the whole beta thing. Like people have been using beta as a shield forever. Oh, for sure. But so what's frustrating bad. about this to me is like, so it, it's fine for people who I guess don't play any of the sports games and are curious, but I don't know why then they would want it for a year. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's for everybody. It's meant to get you to start to want to buy these games every year. Maybe. It's like, oh, that game was better. Now I actually know what Madden is. No, oh, and hey, I did a 10% I'm, discount. Great. I'm also thinking about it like a in the PlayStation Plus mentality. We're like, I'm not going to buy Madden 25. I will pay, you know, half the price of a, of a you know, AAA new release to play that and then just like wait for the next Madden game to come out on that. And I, I mean, and it's not just going to be Madden <laughs> games, right? I think the sports games, I think the um, uh, like rapid degradation of sports games just by the nature of the fact that they come out at the same goddamn time every year um, has led them to like come up with this new business model of like how can we get anything 
out of these games that are ancient right. 52 weeks after they right. come out. The, you know, for people to trade in those games, they're worth a dollar fifty. Yeah, if you've never worked at GameStop, um, it's amazing. Like you get you get weekly emails like that Madden game trades in for thirty bucks week one and then like eight bucks week two and then like twenty five cents half a yep. year later. It's it's a joke. So, um, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, I mean, what is it? Battlefield 4 is also in there. I mean, admittedly a broken game, but still, like, I guess there if, are If you people. haven't played it, like, that's not a bad... I feel like gamers, like, sense of how much things should cost is all fucked up. I'm not saying, like, the $60 pricing structure is ideal. And, God damn it, like, I'm so glad that there's competition and there are platforms like Steam that just, like cut the floor out from under everything like all of the time i love that i genuinely do but like i don't think 30 bucks to play like four games at a time if they keep rotating that library out as long as they do you know keep up with it and offering discounts for other things and also give you early access to games that you're going to want to play anyway like that's they're not selling me dragon age you know like i'm gonna buy that shit like i'm gonna play that game anyway um yeah, I mean, it's very clearly uh, based on the PlayStation Plus model, and I don't think it's bad. Like, I don't think it's bad either. I, I do wish it was a different company doing it, but, like... <laughs> I, you know what? I guarantee they are not going to be the only ones of the third part. Like, I'm sure Activision will do this with Call of Duty. Like, why not? Like, last year... Well, Call of Duty keeps its value for much longer, but... But that's the thing. Like... That's the fucked up thing. As competition for this model starts to pop up, I'll start using none of them. If <laughs> yeah, I yeah, if sure. I am faced with the proposition of paying five dollars a month or thirty dollars a year to EA, Ubisoft, Activision, yeah, f- fucking THQ, no, from the grave, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna do it. Sure. Like, no way. And it also would be a shame if this, like, degrades the quality of something like PlayStation Plus, where it's like all these publishers want to just, like, get those games on their platform. We're not going to put it on your PlayStation Plus. We're going to put it on our PlayStation Plus. It is funny when you think about it, because you're talking about, like, hardcore brand loyalty, and it's EA that's doing it. And, like, right now, again, it's like, who has brand loyalty to EA except for people that play Madden? I mean, they're working. They're working their way out of the garbage. I they, think they're they're trying. They're definitely trying to make things better. Uh, I think there needs to be a not broken Battlefield game for them to like really show the world, hey, we've turned a corner. Uh, I think and the fact that they delayed uh, Battlefield Hardline is a good sign of that because yeah. like they could have shoved that out in the holiday season, and it would have been well, broken. So I don't, I don't know. know if that's well. You true. don't think that's why they delayed it. I, I think it's not finished. They've had teams trying to wrap up DLC that is now months late. Right. I mean, I think everyone's so spread out that... I I, I mean, I think they want to make sure that they don't have a Battlefield 3 or 4 on their hands again. Right. But I also think they just, like, have to finish the work on right. the There's, stuff they've already promised people. They're, they're sure. spread pretty thin. If their press conference is uh, any evidence, they have a huge team of people uh, that is currently just drawing pictures of Ewoks. That's, uh... <laughs> That's, that's pretty much. That's all that they're doing right now. They're knocking the heads the of ATATs. It's adorable. This I think is it. I, before we wrap that up, though, I, what I find troubling about these services is the intention is to control where and how you buy the games. It's you're literally paying them so that you can buy directly from them, and I get that. I definitely get why a publisher would want to and even should make it so 
you know, GameStop is out of the equation and that they're not just losing, mon- losing potential, you know, customers on trade-ins. But at the same time, I don't see any reason why we think that these companies would offer competitive deals, you know, with the type of stuff that we see from other retailers who actually have to compete with each other in terms of how much a game costs when it's new. I mean, I think, I think we're the at- wheel. You know, where, the, where the wheels are going to fall off this thing is when they stop using it as a way to monetize and offer a very low barrier of entry to back catalog titles. And when they start thinking about it like, how can we make this our only sales stream, right? Like, if it evolves into that, it is not an interesting proposition to me at all. If they are offering games that I otherwise would never buy at like a pretty crazy low amount, like that's interesting to me. But if they start like releasing new, in order to even be able to buy this game, you have to be a premium at like, no. Do you know what I'd love to see from a service like this though? Hmm. Is actual premium things. Like if I could buy my game directly from EA, I would pay full price if I knew it worked on everything I owned. So it's like, I'm buying it from EA, so they know that I've paid for it. Now I can play it on PlayStation and Xbox yeah, and but PC. That doesn't or even better, less. I can have it connected to their cloud and I can stream it. Like, it that factoring is... factoring licensing fees and stuff like that. Sure, I don't... That's their problem for me. Like, yeah. I, I, I would <laughs> sure. like I'm just them saying to why be they don't figuring do out actually offering a premium service that is more than a motivator to get people to buy more games. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Of games. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence about it, only because I do like owning games. I've talked about like my fetishism in that respect. Like as much as I love PlayStation Plus, the knowledge that one day when the, uh, you know, the heat death of the universe comes, and those servers are no longer online, then I don't have that stuff anymore. Like, yeah, I don't care doesn't bother me i know like i get rid of consoles all the time i'm not like i but i I get where you're coming from there's like two types of people in the world so but it's hard for me to like justify that when we just spent a month playing old ass games that if i got it through some sort of subscription-based service i just wouldn't exist anymore like if if there was if you had to be a sierra online premium member in 1993 or whatever like those games just would die. Those games would not exist anymore. Somehow, and that's horrifying to in me. In some format, some delivery mechanism would exist for older games to be re-downloaded. But what about Xbox some, Live Arcade? What about them? Like, how are we ever going to play When they shut again? Xbox Live Arcade down, what, what, what's... What do we do? I don't know. Someone will throw them up on the <laughs> Yeah, <I'm> okay. sure. <laughs> I don't know if someone will handle it. Okay. Sounds like. Hey, you want to hop into uh, old games that you still can play? Sure. You want to do yours, Chris? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do mine. Um, so my game is River City Ransom, uh, which for those who haven't played, it was on the original Nintendo, and it was a basically side-scroll and beat 'em up uh, with a lot of role-playing elements. Uh, and just more to do, I would say, than uh, what you'd think of really any beat em up. I mean, I, I think maybe the closest thing is ah shit. What? Oh, Dragon's Crown. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that is maybe a close modern comparison in some ways. Uh, but yes, you are uh, a, a bro, 
a kind of double dragonish pro going through uh, a very normal looking city uh, beating up people with normal names like Pod and Ryan um, <laughs> and you know going to shops and buying uh, new equipment or basically kind of moves uh, and drinking soda and eating food uh, and it's pretty much America. It's pretty well. Todd except for it's set in Japan. There's soda. There's food. Yeah. It, what I what I loved about this game when I was a kid is I always wanted my games to be set in the real world, and I think that's why I have such uh, an affinity for Earthbound. Uh, like you know, you're a little kid. You want to be like an adult. And sure. I guess this is what my idea of being an adult was. I was gonna like go to high school. And beat the shit out of high schoolers. Beat the shit out of other high schoolers. You use can't a chat. And gash open their face. Yeah. Um. But there's all these small details that I really love in it, too. Um, I don't like games where I feel like they're canned. Like, it's just doing the same thing over and over again, which is a beef I have with some beat-em-up games. Well, here, like, things bounce around. If you throw, uh, like, a can against a wall, it'll bounce back and hit you in the face and deal damage. Uh, And there's weird things like the environment looks kind of plain and static in 2D, uh, like what you think of when you think of, you know, kind of beat-em-ups, except for there will be, like, large holes that you can fall into or the uh, gate on at the back of the screen. You can actually jump up onto that gate and then evade people by kind of giving yourself vertical like distance. go to new screens by just, like, walking up into, like, an alleyway where ordinarily, like, in a game like Final Fight, it's just drawn onto the background. Well, that actually takes you to a new place. Right. Um, and then also... The upgrade system is really interesting and really complex. And it, it was funny. I was looking at different YouTube videos of this, of, like, the later game, um, and reading people's comments. And it's funny how people have these, like, basically builds that they still remember from this game yeah. of how to just dominate. You go eat the spicy roll three times. And then you buy the, yeah. Texas boots and dragon twins and then just do jump kicks. And you'll just tear through it. Like, those sorts of things uh, that I feel like weren't replicated for a long time. Uh, And yeah, I I, I think it's kind of an important game, too, because, and maybe this is way off base, but I feel like it inspired Grand Theft Auto in a lot of ways. And when I play, especially like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, um, I, I always think about this game because it felt to me like the first open world modern set game that i played um so maybe i I mean maybe that's not they're not perfect comparisons but my brain always ties the two together i'm curious Um, what you guys thought um because i I know it's really difficult yeah uh, to go back and play it now it's really pretty opaque in terms of like where you're supposed to go that was my biggest that was my biggest problem i do i i have played it before not like a ton because i never got especially far because there's an order in which you have to beat the different gang leaders right mm-hmm. um to eventually get to the to the high school and it's like y- you don't know really you'll get like one beginning person at the very beginning of the game is like you need to go beat up todd he's over in the construction yard like cool i don't know who that is where the fuck that is who you are who i am yeah it's vague and they also like i got that there was a really complex upgrade system and like stuff you can buy and stuff like that I have no idea what spirit means. Right. You eat sushi and it's like you, your vitality increases by five. It's like, great. I don't know what that fucking means. 
I don't know what I use my vitality for. Like, I'm glad that I'm getting better. But, like, I found myself, like, just going out into a screen, beating up all the people there, getting their lunch money, going back, probably doing that again, like, five or six times. And I I was playing it, like, way RPG-ish, where I was, like, collecting money, hoping I didn't die, where you, you know, you lose a ton of the money that you found. And then, like, I go back into town, and I'm like, oh, I can finally afford that bowl of pasta. And then I eat it, and it's like, your vitality and spirit increased. I was like, (laughs) great. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, that's the other thing. You do have kind of, like, the D&D character sheet again of upgrading all these things, and doesn't make it clear whatsoever what any of them mean. Right, Um, like, sometimes my life bar would increase, and I'd be like, oh, great. I can, like, see that. Yeah. Yeah, I was also explaining to Fresh that... (laughs) The trick often is to run away, uh, which doesn't seem like the obvious thing to do in a beat em up. Uh, yeah. Especially like as you're upgrading, you don't think like, oh, you know what I should do? I should just bolt uh, as far as I can get and see what is out there. Uh, and I, that's what I remember loving about the game when I was a kid, is I felt like I was breaking it when really I was probably playing it how it was meant to be played. It was yeah. like, oh, I wonder how far I can get uh, by just running past the game. And it's funny because that's something that has actually existed and, and like stuck around in modern games where it's like I'll play Fallout or I'll play Skyrim or whatever and like just like go into really dangerous places and see how far I can get to like get good loot. I was just literally just playing Rogue Legacy last night on Vita and I was like level 10, which is very low, and going to the hardest area and just dodging guys Seeing to how try to get, like, can, the high-end yeah. chests to, like, get really good gear early on in the game. And that's kind of a cool idea. But, again, the problem is, like, without a map, without any indication of what's there, especially in River City Ransom, the game does not encourage you to do that. You just sort of, like, I guess would eventually fall into doing that. But I never really got to that point where I was like, oh, that's I should just run. It's not just the lack of the map. It's like a lot of the areas kind of look similar. Like this is a street. This is a street with trees on it. Yeah. This is a like it It, it was really I could have probably found my way around easier if there were better like visual indicators. You get like a text thing that pops up and is like, now you're in the internationals turf. And it's like, OK, but like I don't like it's harder for me to remember the internationals turf is like one screen east of the Oak City Mall. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, if yeah, it it's looks tough. distinct, it's it's really, really... It, it kind of put a hamper on everything else because I feel like in a game like this, all of the systems of, like, combat and progression and navigation are so, like, thoroughly entwined. And I, I don't know, when one of those systems isn't, like, firing on all cylinders, like, it's really tough for me to to and follow along. I think the issue is, I mean, and we're going back to the act razor problem here, is it's a game that I think is so far ahead of its time in terms right. of stuffing multiple genres at that time into one thing. And it's impressive for how much it gets right. But when you go back and play these games, the first thing you notice is what it gets wrong because they seem so obvious right. to us now. And that it's. I wonder how well it would do... Uh, there might even be a remake of it coming out. I mean, or, that's or what Scott sequel. Pilgrim. Well, there was actually. Yeah, the, Scott Pilgrim's uh, kind of that. that. I think like a decade like a ago, there was a GBA remake of it called River City Ransom EX. EX yeah. Which might have added some of this stuff. I don't know. But what I'll say about Scott Pilgrim, and I, I adored that game, um, is that like the different areas were 
bound to like an overworld map, which I think would have made a huge like if you moved if you like knew you were moving from the international's turf to the like the mall to the high school like and you knew like where that stuff was on an overworld map and they were sort of their own little instances like I don't know what made I know I'm giving like pointers to a game that came out in well like 1990 but I I don't know I I I enjoyed it I liked the feeling of getting more powerful. I think eventually the more you play, like the longer, like the, the more you figure out like what it means when your spirit increases. Um, but I, I, I haven't been able to finish it just cause I don't know where to go next. Yeah. Should we I talk do... about Justin's game? We should. Does it have RPG mechanics? Uh, yeah, sort of. It doesn't. Um, it, it sort of does. Let's talk about Justin's game, which is, of course, a full motion video game. I would say one of the better full motion video games, although that's not an especially high bar to clear. It's uh, Gabriel Knight 2, The Beast Within. Or should I say The Beast Within, A Gabriel Knight Mystery. Now, before is, we start talking about the game, I yeah. really want to talk about the box. Because it is a good oh, box. I had not so, played the game until recently, but uh, the box it left an impression on my childhood. Yeah, I... So you had mentioned when you mentioned the box, it, like it didn't occur to me to even look this up when I went to play it. Um, and now I'm looking at a picture of the box, and it is maybe one of the most memorable pieces of box art I remember growing up. Like, what it looks like is almost like a vampire, which will, is not what's in the game, but as if a vampire's face has been pressed to white satin sheets or been put in marble, uh, and it's like kind of biting out towards you from the box. And then underneath it, it says The Beast Within. And in very, very tiny font up top, A Gabriel Knight Mystery. A Gabriel Knight And joint. I remember when I saw this, it's it was one of the first games, I think, that was rated mature. Uh, so it has this really, like, I don't know, it has, like, the bedsheet look, plus this, like, this terrifying monster that kind of reminds me of the Frighteners poster, plus the mature rating, plus it runs on five, no, 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 six, Windows 95 there are six CDs. discs. Yeah. So I thought this game is the most adult thing that has ever <laughs> been made. And I was so afraid uh, that I would be seen with it at the game store that I always wondered what was on the back of the box. Like, on the back of the box, it must just be like like a vampire biting open like a naked and human. Just a dick. Like, everybody's naked. <laughs> it's just and a huge there's a vampire wiener. dick. Like, it, it, I, I, I could not imagine or comprehend what was on the back of the box, let alone what the game was like. Um, um, I get it confused with the box for Phantasmagoria. That's what I was thinking, yeah. too. Right, because it's very much the predecessor to that. Or was it the successor? Which came out first? I oh, know. I have to figure this out. Hold on. Um, yeah, I, the, the box art definitely made an impact, um, but I never played it. I don't know. And like, the, the twist is, it is so much cooler than the game. The game's very fun, but the box art is for, like, a horror movie right. about vampires or something, and that is not what the game is at all. And the box art also looks like it's for, like it has really high production value, and boy, are you in for a treat when you hop um, into another Gabriel Knight mystery. Right. Uh, Phantasmagoria actually came out the same year. Um, I think they were we're like using the same system, right? Because it's full motion video with the the adventure game interface over it. Um, Phantasmagoria was seven discs, beating beating the record there, I guess, by a little bit. Um, I never got past disc two because it was so fucking terrifying that game. 
way too scary for me. Um, but let's talk about Beasts Within. It, it, here's, here's what shocked me. It is a full motion video game where all of the actors in the game are not bad community theater actors. Uh, not all of them. They're a, they're a, they're above community theater. No, they are no, below false. theater that I would pay for. Here's here's where I would put it. I, I'd say on the level of community theater, and I would say mid mid range professional porn actors. I'm gonna say sci-fi movie actors, like sci-fi sci-fi porn. No, that's sci-fi a good. Porn. It is a it is a sci-fi I mean, they pull original from the same quality. base, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, it's and what's more amazing, the absolute star of the game, Sir Gabriel Knight, who's investigating this mystery in Germany about werewolves, is no better or worse than any other actor in this game. No, yeah, it's it's not like they got like <laughs> it's not like they got like Tim Curry to like. <laughs> but knock Tim Curry it out. was in the first one, I believe. I I don't know. Like, he what did the, the voice of the first Wait, Gabriel really? Knight. Yeah. Yeah, no, Tim Curry was the first Gabriel Knight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Justin it, it, told me that. That's unbelievable. So uh, they got Tim Curry, and then they're like, hey, maybe we shouldn't spend money anymore. So they got this guy that did porn. <laughs> Let's and get he, Jim Jury. He has uh, mid-'90s porn hair. It's like that silken, like, way-too-much-product kind of hair. How much porn I really were you watching think, in the mid-'90s? You know, grainy. The normal amount. <laughs> Um. It, yeah. So he, the acting is. He does not, not look like the hero of the game that this box is selling me. He looks like he looks like we the, the, in the script. It was like in a burly, you know, brooding uh, noir type, and they were like, "Well, we don't have that, but my redhead friend here, yeah, yeah. he might be available." My redhead yeah, friend who's do. speaking with a southern accent sometimes, oh, yeah. in, occasionally, from time to time. Well, dang, dang, y'all. We got to solve this mystery. Like, what? Pick one. Do one. Or the I other. was going to ask about this. Is that intentional? Because there are two lines I had. Who should I call? Already made on call to Gracie. <laughs> like, I don't know where, who, where is um, he from? Where is he supposed to be from? He's from the South. Yeah. I think Louis, the, New Orleans, I think. Well, the is first the game is set in New Orleans. Right. But that's where his bookstore. Anyway, let's talk about the game. We've yeah. made fun of it enough. Like, uh, it is. I mean, if you've played Phantasmagoria, I don't know why you would have played Phantasmagoria and not played this game. Um, but imagine, like, a full motion video game where instead of just, like, pressing a direction to make the next scene of the actor moving in that direction play, which was sort of the, the Sega CD style, um, there is, like, bespoke scenes for like every action that you take in the game like if you open a backpack like it actually shows this the full motion video scene of you going in and opening it up to see what's inside of it i mean it's a point and click adventure with people basically like green screened onto i think like static photos of also the real world is that how they made it uh some some of it's real sets i mean it it is i mean i think it's real sets but i think like because the, the person has to be able to move around and stay in static positions. Right. right. And the lighting can't change. It is, yeah. it is, I think it is truly impressive how much they had to, to film yeah, to I get this re- done. Nobody, really nobody would it. make, no, I mean, nobody would make a full motion video game now, but nobody would like do it to this extent. You know, like it's also that like is like a feat of engineering. Like they clearly had to think so much about like, how are we just going to make this work? Right. Um, I didn't understand 
the extent of it. Because so my full motion video game experience w- begins and ends with Seventh Guest. I played that when I was very young. I remember the real actors. It scared the hell out of me. You never this, played Night Trap or Sewer no, Shark or didn't wow, play any. Did you play Sewer Shark? No. We gotta so change I, that. Okay. Well, we'll do on. this next month. We'll do Sewer Shark, Illusion Don't of me. Gaia, the right <laughs> quest for glory game. <laughs> um, so I didn't really understand like that the whole there are whole entire games where every single scene is a full motion video scene that's being acted out. Yeah. Um, and that is this game, and it's kind of it is like uh, I'm sorry, Griffin. Way it was way more playable than your game just because it's like kind of i don't know i mean it's a lot more accessible yeah when you started when you started playing gabriel knight 2 you didn't have to fucking find a money changer without a map (laughs) to figure out how to like get money to buy the map that you need it's also really watchable like as silly as the acting is like i was i mean the beginning of this is not a, a watchable thing the game begins with a child being murdered right and then being like, you are told essentially torn in half. Yeah, and then it's brutal. Parts of the body are taken away. Like it is, it earns that MA right off the bat. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything MA about it after that because otherwise it looks really generic. And you don't see that, but uh, there's a hyper uncomfortable sex scene. Um, there, it's uh. it's. I, I agree. I think that. <clears throat> I think it's because I mean it follows a traditional adventure game structure. Like that, it, it is. It's exactly what I was talking about when I was talking about Quest for Glory. Like, the the game is separated into six chapters. In order to beat a chapter, there's like a clue that you have to find or a mystery that you have to solve. And the way that you solve it is by using the right item in the right situation. Yeah. And you have to like acquire that item and figure out what you have to do. There's some really great um, like outside the box thinking that you have to do to solve those puzzles. Like, um, in the very first chapter, you have to get into this uh, wolf pen in a zoo to ex- to examine these wolves, but the caretaker won't let you in, so you have to use your tape recorder to record the, like, owner of the zoo talking and then splice his, like, conversation together to create a tape of him saying, like, hey, it's me, the caretaker, you can let this guy in, and then sneak back into his office and then call the caretaker on the radio and play the tape back to him. Yeah. It's like it's pretty convoluted, but once you start moving in the right direction, and the game has a pretty great hint system to help you figure out stuff when you get too too stuck. Um, I don't know. That's like a really good puzzle. It's yeah, like a really was, good solution. There is a weird moment, though, because it's an FMV game and you do see these scenes playing out. There's a moment even earlier on than that where you find like a paw print in the ground and then you're in the garage and you get a bucket and you like I like clicked on something on the shelf and suddenly he was mixing cement and I'm like why the hell is he mixing cement so that's the thing I did that before I found the paw print and he was like oh it's instant dry cement interesting that might come in handy later and then you walk fucking 10 feet to the right and it's like a paw print in the ground and he doesn't say anything right he's like oh a paw print that's crazy and then if you walk back to the garage and click on the cement again then you make the cement and then you're just carrying it and you have to know to go to the paw print and dump it in there like <laughs> it's it's a it's a that's like an adventure game like if then sequence that i kind of despise yeah because so- it's like if you know that if you've played the game before and you know the paw print's there, you can't just go to the cement and pick it up because he will refuse to do that until he looks at the paw print, even though when he looks at the paw print, he doesn't go, God damn, it'd be tight if I had some instant drying cement right now. 
Like it's it is that's not great. That's not a great thing. Yeah, I, I struggled with that. And then I, after like playing through some of the game, I went and watched a let's play because I had so much fun doing that with uh, your game, Griffin. And what was funny watching that was the guy who was doing it, besides talking about how he was having a beef with his brother-in-law at a Christmas party, which I am now getting why people love Let's Play videos. <laughs> he, he, he had played through tons of point-and-click games, uh, or specifically adventures, but hadn't played through this one. So he like walked up immediately to the paw print. That was the first thing he saw, and he's like, Ah, you know what I'm going to need? I'm going to need something to cast a paw print because I'm sure I'm going to have to show this to someone later. <laughs> and then he like, walked into the next room and he's like, cement, perfect for casting a paw print. And, yeah. it was like, and he even admits, he's like, you, all of these games have like this language where you're just learning yeah. what the developer wants. And one, that, once you learn that language, you just coast through them. Uh, I, I will say there are... When it breaks off that language, I think we know what that is. Like, I've certainly played enough adventure games to know that language. When Gabriel Knight breaks off of that structure, it's the fucking worst thing ever. I got hung up at the end of a chapter that I had solved, and it was a really, really hard chapter. It was one of the ones where you're uh, playing as Grace, um, uh, who who runs the bookstore with Gabriel Knight. uh, And you're just investigating stuff across like five or six different locations and you have to do them in a certain order and you have to like get the clues and then go to a different location and talk to somebody about that clue and then get a clue from that it's like a crazy web and i finished it and the chapter didn't end and i was like what do i need to do and i looked around i was trying really hard not to use a walkthrough um so I like walked around for a long time looking around and then finally after I'd spent enough time the hint system was like you need to go to this one location because the thing you need to do is there and I was like well that's nice and immersive and I went to that location looked around for another hour I couldn't find it and I had to look at a walkthrough I had to go to the post office in that location and click on the fax machine where a fax was waiting for me with no fucking like indication that you get faxes in this game And hey, make sure you check out that fax machine from time to time because like chapter ending clues are squirreled away there. Uh, Faxes were pretty common. Maybe, but like it's a thing in the environment. I didn't even know I could use, (laughs) should use, need to use, have to use. It's not like I got a call at my hotel like there's a fax waiting for you. Like (laughs) how am I supposed to know to go to this post office and then click on this one like box, this one hit box that's going to like move the game forward. Like that's terrible. There, yeah. I, I think there's some really cool elements. It's, I think it's the best FMV game I've ever played. And it what like you said, playing like it's watchable. Like I'm not just reading dialogue and clicking through it as fast as I can. Like I'm watching acting taking place, and that's a weird. That's like a surreal experience to have in a video game. And a lot of the times, the acting is so bad that it breaks like the surrealness of it. Like you just can't get over how bad the actors are. They're not great, but they're not so bad that they're distracting, I don't think. So, like, that's really engaging and really cool. But there are some, like, there are some clunkers up in this yeah. game. I do and think the, it's funny that, like, you keep you keep saying watching. And I, I think that's become kind of, like, a bad word amongst, like, really hardcore game people. Where it's like, you play games. Oh, I don't think you, so at all. I, you watch I think, movies. I think you watch those Walking Dead games more than you play them. And I yeah. adore those. Well, and I found this on the original Gabriel Knight games box the poll quote that they use is from computer gaming world and it's 
the first time we have actually experienced fear from watching a computer game. They gave uh, this game their game of the year in 1996. Mm-hmm. Computer wow. Game so that really is like, this would be the equivalent of like this year, someone giving game of the year to, what was that weird Japanese game that was like Twin Peaks? Oh, like, uh, uh, oh my God. Deadly, Pre- Deadly Premonition. Deadly Premonition. It'd be like giving Deadly Premonition game of the year. Well, if Deadly Premonition was in fact the best game that came out that year. I mean, <laughs> what else? What? How much competition? Wait, that was 1996? 19, uh, this game came out. The in game came out in 95. 95. Oh my gosh, that was like one of the greatest years. It was like one of the best years. But if you're a PC gaming, I, I don't know actually. No, but, every game came out on PC. Yeah, I guess that's true. Or a lot of them did. Uh, yeah, it is it is kind of weird when you think back. Like, I mean, even Dark like, Forces came out that year on PC. This Descent. was like when we played through Bioshock 1, we felt the same way that they felt about Gabriel Knight, Beast Within. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, very peculiar. But like I said, like it's an impressive game. Like it is yeah, an, it is it is impressive. It is an accomplishment, right? It is yeah. like a feather in Sierra Online's cap. Like it was proof that they could do things that no other developer could do. I think that plays huge in the in the 90s. Yeah. Um I get why Justin uh, like after this game I understand why he's so fascinated with the whole idea of it cuz I can like while I'm playing it I can just like picture like the production of like the camera crews and like it, just simple like the, the food being set out for these actors right. it's just such yeah. a weird it makes like, you it makes me like kind of bummed like i feel like that's been a running thread for this episode is like why don't they make a game why don't they make more role playing adventure hybrids like quest for glory why don't they make more role playing beat em ups like like river city ransom why don't they make more strategy action games like ActRaiser, like if they made a full motion video game and did it like for serious, not like a loco cycle, like if they actually did it and made that the crux of the game, they could fucking knock it out. No, like, they could. Well, no, we could crush it. Yeah. No, it's done. No, because you can't. I mean, there's so much run- writing against that from like, especially in areas that video game people are not well versed, like casting and like acting and writing, that. And like, and then you throw in stuff like cinematography and lighting and all that. Like, the the fact that uh, Telltale was able to do it as well as they are using game graphics, like I'm satisfied. You don't need to start throwing real actors in there. Not to say that they're not real actors, but you know, like filming actors. But they could. They could. Or That's we could be saying. happy with like the fact that there's powerful, st- like Last of Us is in a lot of ways like feels like a full motion video in the sense that like they feel like real actors that are in these cutscenes. yeah um, so good riddance gabriel knight stay buried <laughs> god uh it makes me more excited for zoe quinn's game that she's doing starring greg sestero the full motion video game starring the rooms greg sestero yeah it'll be interesting i need that in my life right now uh so we already did the resties but russ did we get any Tweets and toots. Yeah, we got uh, a lot of the rest. A lot of the games that we mentioned, the resties were covered. Uh, Sebastian Lavallo uh, mentioned the Destiny beta, which we talked about. Curse of, Curse of Ra- Next Ramus was mentioned by Seth Ryder. Can I can I jump back in real quick? Because sure. I don't think we talked. What what platform are y'all going to play Destiny on? PS4. Oh, PS4. Okay, me too. I just want to make sure I want to play with y'all. Dang y'all. And, 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 and that is a major major departure. No, that's huge. I know. Like I never in a million years would play a multiplayer centric game on a PlayStation platform. Shit feels right though. It really does. Uh, parties and all that stuff feels yeah. great. Uh, let's see. I do need oh. a headset. I'm still so pissed off 
that my expensive PlayStation 3 branded Bluetooth headset, oh, that, yeah. that gold headset, like, doesn't fucking work with the PlayStation 4 yet. It, yep, I just use any head... I literally use my, like, normal walking around headphones for the PlayStation 4. I mean, I have the Apple 5 headphones. They do not work. doesn't really? work. Really? Just doesn't work. Just they does work. not work. Those work fine. Justin got it to work, but there's this high-pitched feedback, like, scream. Just yeah. let me use the Bluetooth headset that I bought. Yeah. Like two months before the PlayStation 4 came out on it. So an, uh, um, a Rusty that we did not mention, actually, and a good one, is Super Smash Flash. I don't know what that is. by Saren. Um, this was a, it's an indie developed, basically, it's Super Smash Brothers. Made, I don't know if it's made in Flash literally, but it's all done with 2D graphics. And they've just, like, added a ton of characters that you would never, like, Nintendo would never get the rights to. Mm. And it's sort of just like a very trying to be authentic recreation of what makes smash brothers amazing but like without the limitations of like having to get the rights to things it's okay probably not super legal but it's free and you can download it if you want it's super smash flash is what it's called i like that um valiant hearts which we talked about last week that wasn't out in july was it i don't think so Um, and uh a lot of mentions for rogue legacy which uh just came out yesterday yeah, like, um, fucking that, obviously. And it's spectacular. Um, I also wanted to bring up Monsters Ate My Birthday Cake. I don't think we brought it up. It's a Cartoon Network Games game. It's like a it's a super charming Didn't it come out, like, um, ages ago? Game. No. You're thinking of Monsters Ate My Condo. Oh, yeah. Monsters Ate My Birthday Cake is like a like a puzzle kind of platform. Are they made by the same people? I don't know. Um, it doesn't have, like, the same weird. aesthetic at all. But it does have a soundtrack by Disaster Piece. Oh, I brought it. I brought it up during the overview because I was like, "You got to hear this soundtrack. It's like a mix between Wind Waker and Secret of Mana. It's like a fucking incredible." And I had no idea it was. Of course, it was yeah. disaster piece. Like <laughs> the like. Uh, sorry, guys. Like the best. The best name in the game right now. Like the best soundtrack maker around. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would check that out. It's on Steam. It's like fifteen bucks on Steam, but it's five bucks on iOS, and Ooh. it's a pretty good platform for it. Cool. I've been, I've been enjoying that a lot. Anything else? Any other? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Uh, that Rogue Legacy. Um, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we mentioned it. Well done, staying tapped in. <laughs> um, what do we got? What do we got around the bend? The Anything worst. for August? Uh, well, we're going to talk about um, uh, Wolf Among Us in August. We are. I think we should. No? Okay, we can do that. Oh, Shadowgate is coming out in August. The remake of Shadowgate. Yeah. Wait, I always get confused. This is not Shadow Run. No, this is Shadow Gates. Shadow Gates like the adventure game. It's the adventure game. Okay, um, they've done like a bunch of remakes in the past. No, they haven't. You're drunk. There was one on uh, Game Boy Advance, I think. No, there was one on Game Boy Color that was not a remake. It was a port. Oh, okay. L- listen, don't be so grumpy, Griffin. I'm just saying, don't say wrong shit about Shadow Gate. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm excited for that. They they, it it seems like a pretty true recreation yeah. of that do you think they're gonna bring like the teleporting elves back the what the teleporting oh my god elves. stop it no um <laughs> uh what else is happening yeah we'll we'll talk more about hearthstone because almost all the chapters will be out by then yeah oh um, metrico cryptid the oh, necro dancer yeah. i played uh, that for the first time by hohokam oh infamous first light there's it's a like lot. a really holy shit mad oh metro redux there's a lot yeah, it's a good Wasteland month. 2 is going to be right at the tail. I don't know if we'll get it in on time. but I played uh, I played Crypt of the Nectar Dancer at an IndieCade Annex event here in Austin. And oh my god. With a what DVR a, pad? Or? Yeah, yeah. It was. 
I, I went with my, my wife and a friend of mine and his fiance. Um, and like, we don't play games like that together. Like Dance Dance Revolution roguelike. Like that's yeah. not our, our sort of, we sort of, as a group, our gaming sort of begins and ends at like Mario Kart 8 and like maybe some tower fall sometimes. So like, it was crazy how quickly we all like hopped on DDR pads and played a roguelike together. That's awesome. It's uh, it pretty great. Um, yeah, there's some stuff. We'll have stuff. Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, tune in next month. We'll have Justin back, I hope. Um, and and thanks for sticking with us through a pretty unconventional month, I would say, of releases. Um, yeah, I think there's a new Dark Souls DLC that's out next month too, oh, right? Enough already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, you can go to polygon.com for the rest of the stuff that we make. Um, you can tweet at us, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's not like a Bessie's Twitter account, though. No, but like we're individual people. We, we can are, be tweeted at. Yeah, I also, know you, you think of us as like a blob, hive mind, monster, fusion monster, but we're, we're individuals. Uh, also, uh, review and uh, what is it? Rate and review on iTunes. That helps us a bunch. It gets our uh, thing up higher and yeah. stuff. So do that. Um, Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Editions on out next month too oh my god wow here i thought august was slow but man well, there's crazy some, there's some stuff we're ramping there's up some stuff um so yeah thank thank you guys very much for listening and for um i uh, there's like a, i keep getting these weird reminders that like people actually listen to and like this show like all of the people who tweeted at us to tell us about the story of uh the the kid who was oh, racing yeah. against his dad's ghost and they're like you predicted that in the first episode of besties and I was like, I just thought that like 30 people listened to the first episode of Besties. So I don't know. Thanks. Thank you all for listening and for, for being so kind to us. Yeah, it's um, appreciated. So yeah, we'll be back next month. Until then, this has been the Besties, because shouldn't the world's best friends play the world's best games? That's a pretty good Justin impression, I thought. Yeah. That's good, yeah. Let's see.